This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 56 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on September 9th, 2021. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, resources, and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help make downtown Halifax better. Today, Ivy will be talking to Jonathan Goldson, Downtown Halifax Business Commission's new placemaking manager. Jonathan is responsible for the management and execution of DHBC's placemaking programs, events, and initiatives. He has a passion for creating vibrant and inclusive public spaces with a strong understanding of how such spaces impact the community. On BizBuzz, we have business updates and milestones. We'll tell you about some upcoming events in downtown Halifax, including the Art of City Building Conference. And we will also tell you about the Merchant Validation Program with Hotspot. This episode is being recorded on September 9th, 2021. So keep that in mind while listening. The pandemic and the provincial reopening plan, as we know, can change very quickly. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. The newest addition to the Downtown Halifax Business Commission team is Jonathan Goldson, Placemaking Manager. Jonathan is responsible for the management and execution of DHBC's placemaking programs, events, and initiatives. In addition to a Bachelor of Community Design with a double major in Urban Design and Planning and Sustainability, Jonathan also has experience working with HRM's Planning and Development Business Unit. He has a passion for creating vibrant and inclusive public spaces with a strong understanding of how such spaces impact the community. He's excited to connect with downtown members and engage in all that downtown Halifax has to offer. So welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me, Ivy. Great to be here. So um, you have an urban planning education and work background. So talk to me like I'm five. What is urban planning? <laughs> Explain um, it to us, because I know some people out there don't really know what urban planning is. So yeah, yeah just talk about that, please. Um, so urban planning is the design and regulation of the uses of space um, that focus on physical form, um, different economic functions, and the social impacts on the environment. So to a five-year-old... Um, yes, talk to me so like I'm five, because those, those are very good things that you just said, but yeah. if you can boil it down... Ah, sure, yeah. So in, its, in a simpler term, it's just thinking about ways that we use the land, especially uh-huh. in the more regional center. Okay. So... Once you kind of expand outside of that, you're more so looking at um, rural planning, but in the sense of urban planning, you're more so looking at more so concentrated areas of um, that are populated. Okay, so basically, you know, where green spaces would be or buildings would be in a a geographic area and how it's going to be used, like how the land will be used? Yeah, definitely figuring out um, the spatial analysis around where different uses um, should be implemented and understanding the relationships um, from not only, say, a geographical point of view, but also social and political sphere. And cultural as well. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think I've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) 
You're our new uh, placemaking manager for downtown Halifax. Uh, what is placemaking exactly, and how does it relate to urban planning? So, in its purest form, mm-hmm. um, placemaking is figuring figuring out how we can reinvent a space and make it a place. And so what that entails is looking at the different forms of a space and trying to find the the social connections Mm -hmm. that exist. Um, One of the key ways to to do that is to look at the different histories um, of a place and how it's evolving. And so to do that, you take into account Um, the social and cultural elements that currently exist there and figure out how you can build upon it. Okay. Uh, You make it sound so simple. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are lots of other elements to placemaking that you have to take into account. Yeah. How it functions and how it... And in terms of um, your question on how it relates to urban planning, uh, you more so think about urban planning as not only looking to develop just open space, but how is it you can revitalize um, current um, urban communities or environments. And so placemaking more so falls into the latter. Mm -hmm. And so one of the key things um, that we try to focus on in terms of placemaking is figuring out how we can make places more vibrant and inviting and so that more so is the connection um, with placemaking and urban planning. Right, yeah, making places, spaces in, in downtown Halifax like more wel- welcoming and, um, and sticky. I keep hearing that term sticky so that people will stick around uh, in places and kind of linger and, yeah. and lounge and have conversations and network and meet other people uh, so that they're not just passing through a space but actually staying around. Absolutely. Definitely trying to figure out how we can get persons to more linger through the space and not just, as you say, just pass through. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, obviously hired you recently. Uh, we knew that, well, Downtown Halifax Business Commission knew that this role is very important. Uh, so why is uh, placemaking so important for downtowns and main streets? So in terms of downtowns and main streets, when you think about um, what they currently comprise of, you're more so thinking about high population densities Mm -hmm. and areas that are heavily concentrated with varying groups of people. And so where placemaking is important in areas like this is that, as we were talking about earlier, it allows or figures out how we can make places more inviting, Mm -hmm. um, places where persons can linger. And so when a downtown or a main street area has a lot of businesses or different um, residential units, you try to figure out what, whether public art or forms of additional seating can really enhance someone's experience Mm -hmm. um, when they come to downtown. It's a bit harder as you go into suburban and rural communities because things are more spread apart. But because downtown areas tend to be a bit more walkable, um, things are much closer together, it provides a unique opportunity to create different place-making projects that can can ultimately make the space more enjoyable. 
Right, yeah, you really touched on uh, on something um, like the experience. I guess it's all about the pedestrian, especially the ped pedestrian experience, and enhancing that, right, um, to make sure that it's just not for visitors but for locals as well. Yeah. Um, but especially, you know, of course, taking into account visitors, tourists uh, that may be in the area and trying to, to make their experience a, a positive one. Yeah, um, um, yeah, to that point, uh, you know, in terms of the different elements of placemaking, you more so think of four key components in terms of that. There is sociability, there is uses and activities, as well as access and linkage and comfort and image. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever think about any place that you've gone um, that's been enjoyable, mainly in a downtown setting, you think about places that have nice social interactions or places that foster wholesome social interactions. You think about different um, places that provide a unique or diverse um, activities and different uses that, you know, sometimes a bit mindless but will keep you there just because of how engaging it is. Um, you'll also find that any place that you decide to go to, you're, you're always looking for what is a comfortable and convenient access mm -hmm. to it. Um, and then, you know, the last component around comfort and image. Um, we all like to go to, to places usually that are attractive and areas that allow us just a general sense of comfort. And placemaking focuses on all these different elements and ties them together to again, create a space that is just overall inviting. Right, yeah. You may be in a place and you, you don't think about those four elements, but you feel it, right, exactly. when you're there. Uh, so what are some of the projects that you're working on right now? I know that you just started, I realize that, but I know there's a few projects that uh, have been handed over to you to, to make happen in downtown Halifax. Yes, yeah, so in terms of the projects that we have on the go, there are a series of um, smaller ones as well as um, larger ones, and the size and the scopes do vary. Um, so we have ongoing programs such as the Banner Program where um, businesses within the downtown can hang up um, the different banners that pertain to events that they have coming up. We also have the Mural Grant Program, so that one is a lot more visible to folks. And, and very popular, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So just kind of managing the different grants that come in. We also have the Christmas wreaths that we put up along Barrington um, closer to Christmas time. Yeah, some people may not even think about banners or wreaths as part of placemaking, and they just think, oh, it's just de decoration or decor, but it's really part of placemaking. It actually makes the place what it is, you know, more attractive and welcoming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of times it is something that at times can be taken for granted, mm -hmm. but when it goes missing, you That's find right. that it is um, Oh my goodness, if we noticed. didn't put wreaths up this year, then I'm sure we would definitely hear about it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so even the ones, you know, that if they go missing, you know, mm -hmm. people are very vocal about it, usually are the picnic tables, so managing wow. um, the placement and the maintenance of picnic tables throughout downtown. Mm -hmm. Also managing the winter tree at Peace and Friendship Park. That is, um, again, something happening later down in the year. But in terms of bigger projects we have going on, 
the, we're trying to see if we can put up a light show by the old library. Yes, the Halifax Memorial Library. Absolutely. Grafton Park, yeah. Yes, trying to illuminate that. That's um, going to be, be an exciting one for sure. Definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, and then another project that we have um, with partnership with the Cities and Environment Unit is the Granville Mall Activation Project. Mm -hmm. So that for a long time has just been a somewhat enjoyable pedestrian mall, but we're trying to figure out how to, it could possibly be taken to the next level. Yeah, I keep hearing people describing it as underutilized. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. that would be great for an activation. Yeah, for especially just a, a segment of Granville that has a whole host of potential. Mm -hmm. Right. So those are really exciting projects that you're working on. Um, so it, I guess it's not always smooth, you know, placemaking, trying to get projects uh, off the ground. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you've come across, or in the past even, or you can talk specifically or uh, very generally? So one of the um, challenges that I've come across is managing placemaking projects that are within the right-of-way. Oh, right. I okay. do find that there are just a lot of considerations that you need to take into account, not just um, in terms of pedestrians, but road users as well, including you know cyclists, um, drivers, um, and you know other hosts of road users, ensuring that you don't create a distraction for mm -hmm. them. And so that has been something that I have been trying to navigate through. Thankfully, I, it's been quite a learning experience, but the designers that I've been working with as well as some of some city officials have been very helpful in terms of knowing how to go through this process and just understanding what, what they're looking for in, as it relates to a lack of disruptions. Right. Yeah, I guess it would be really daunting, you know, go, trying to navigate through the process of getting permissions and approvals, you know, for projects, especially within the public realm, right? And yeah. when it's like not private property where you can just oh, ask the landlord, and sometimes that's complicated too. Yeah. But, you know, at least that's one point of contact. But with when it's public land, you have several departments that you have to contact and, you know, maybe even a project manager on their end uh, with the municipality. So it can get kind of complicated, can't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, as I said, working with the right people has allowed us to know how best to move forward. Because mm -hmm. um, like you said, it's a much easier process when you're doing private buildings. But when it comes to the right of way there, there can be, be those complications. Right. And yeah, I think... I think another challenge, which has been less of a challenge recently, is the appreciation for the importance of public art. I've found that um, in the past it's been very hard for not just some residents but government officials to really understand how the presence of public art enhances downtown and however as you can see with the numerous forms of murals, um, lighting, um, and additional seating that has kind of propped up downtown, um, there is a greater relationship and overall understanding of the need that public art 
or it's more so its importance in the public realm. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I've seen the, the shift over the past, well, the 15 years that I've been with the Downtown Halifax Business Commission. I mean, they're, the public and the municipality, the, all three levels of government have really seen, I've really seen the change that they've really embraced public art as important, uh, you know, an important cultural aspect for society, as well as placemaking since the pandemic, especially. Yeah. Uh, there's been quite a bit of uh, importance uh, placed on placemaking since the pandemic started yeah. uh, because of, you know, people are, you know, they want to be outdoors. They don't want, and, you know, especially when we were in lockdown and, and all that, uh, public space, like outdoor space was really important to, to, you know, for your mental health and, and all that. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I've seen that as well. So what are some of the direct benefits of placemaking to businesses? Some of our members downtown, you know, they've, they've seen, you know, the importance of placemaking, and, they, and I, I see they're embracing it um, as important uh, yeah. for, for their businesses. So, but what are some of the benefits that you see? So the benefits would, the primary one would be that the addition of foot traffic um, to wherever the placemaking project initiative or installation is, you do find that there is a higher number um, of persons that visit the area. At times, it definitely does lead to persons going into these businesses and enjoying the different goods or services that they have to offer. At the bare minimum, um, a placemaking project close to or nearby your building um, will at least give persons or passers-by an idea of the different businesses that exist there and almost a form of free advertising, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so another benefit is just the being able to have places as landmarks. You find that the greatest example of that is the Freak Lunchbox. You see that persons, um, if they want, if someone's coming in and new to the city and they'd like to find it, all you have to direct them to is the lovely mural um, on the building um, that is along Barrington. And it's yeah, it's the mural with the tentacles, you know, the purple uh, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where freak lunch boxes. That's what people say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so, just having it there um, allows the freak or freak lunch box to be somewhat of a landmark mm -hmm. on Barrington Street. I'm eager to see how um, the recent mural that was done by Absent on Salter Street um, also invites more persons to businesses nearby um, that location. But that is, I wholeheartedly believe, one of the benefits um, just by that placemaking has in terms yeah. of um, being easily, easy to identify a business. Yes. And you mentioned the Freak Lunchbox mural, and there's also... Uh, Jacoba Nieport's uh, mural as well. There, yeah. You know, not all murals or placemaking projects are meant to be permanent or, you know, last forever. You know, yeah. some of them are, they come and go uh, yeah. depending on the timing. And uh, those, the two murals that I mentioned are going to be, well, there's, the, one is going to be covered up or, well, removed. And then that side of the building is going to be covered up. That's the freak lunchbox uh, yeah. building. So I wanted to manage some 
expectations out there that that mural is temporary and then also Jacobin Neport's um, uh, mural as well that building is being redeveloped so it's unfortunate that you know like those are really well-loved uh, murals but yeah they come and go I guess and and that's okay right because that makes room for for new projects right yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, I'm definitely sad to see it go, but again, just having that opportunity for a new form of public art um, is is definitely exciting. Yeah. So, you know, what is your hope for the future of placemaking in downtown Halifax? What would be your your vision for placemaking? Um, so, in terms of my hopes for placemaking Halifax. Um, I believe um, first and maybe foremost, I don't know, but the funding, um, you know, a lot of what we need to do um, requires money to get it off the ground. Really? Not <laughs> <laughs> Projects need money? Yeah, I would, I would hate to sound <laughs> greedy. Um, but yeah, in terms of just more funding right, for right. a lot of or projects and others that are interested um, in doing placemaking projects. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier we spoke about how there is a greater appreciation for public art in recent years and so that has also been equated to the amount of funding that has been received however um, it can like most things be better mm-hmm. um, I think another thing I'd like to see is more legislation that supports public art throughout downtown um, right now there are a couple hoops that we have to um, skip through in terms of to get public art in certain spaces throughout downtown and I believe that we can um, make certain amendments to be more flexible to allow for different types of placemaking projects. I'm not saying that you know give us the right to, to splash paint all over the place but just a little more flexibility to give artists um, the chance to do new things for the for the city you know um, and then I think probably the last thing I would like um, for placemaking is a bit more education around the subject itself I do believe that most persons um, when they hear placemaking have have a faint idea of what it is it's usually close but um, not not fully understanding the extent that the full extent of it and how it can really just beautiful not only beautify but enhance business as well as experiences for visitors and residents and so I definitely like to see persons um, more acquainted with just placemaking and the different benefits um, and challenges that that come with it Great. I, I look forward to seeing all of those things happen while you're here with us at HBC. <laughs> no, really, thank you so much, Jonathan, for talking to us and being on Downtown Lowdown. It was great learning about the role of placemaking in downtown Halifax, and I look forward to working with you. Thank you so much for having me, Ivy. really appreciate it and look forward to our work ahead. Jonathan Goldson, Downtown Halifax Business Commission's new placemaking manager, is responsible for the management and execution of DHBC's placemaking programs, events, and initiatives. 
Jonathan can be reached at 902-423-5668 or jonathan at dantonhalifax.ca. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission strives to provide the latest COVID-19-related information as the province revises restrictions. DHBC continues to follow the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Check DHBC's main COVID-19 resource page for businesses and for the public at downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. The provincial state of emergency has been renewed and remains in effect until 12 noon, September 19, 2021. Nova Scotia is moving into Phase 5 of its reopening plan at 12.01 a.m. on September 15th. Wearing masks in indoor public places will no longer be mandatory, but remains strongly recommended when people gather in indoor places. Other public health measures like gathering limits and physical distancing will also be lifted. Businesses and other organizations are also free to set their own mask policies. Wearing masks will continue to be strongly recommended. Border measures will remain in place. Uh, The province will also start requiring proof of full vaccination for non-essential discretionary recreation and leisure services and activities on October 4th. As of October 4th, proof of full vaccination will be required for Nova Scotians who are 12 or older to participate in discretionary recreational or non-essential activities, such as dining out, going to fitness facilities, or going to a movie, theater performance, concert, or sporting event. The proof of vaccination requirement does not apply to children 11 years of age and under because they are not eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Children aged 11 and under who attend these activities with a fully vaccinated adult will be allowed to participate. People are considered to be fully vaccinated 14 days after their second dose of World Health Organization approved vaccine or the one dose Janssen vaccine, which is also WHO approved. The province will also develop a process for the few people who have medical conditions that prevent them from getting vaccinated. More details about the proof of vaccination policy will become available in the coming weeks. The province is also making some changes to border and self-isolation requirements, effective Thursday, September 9th at 8 a.m. International travelers will no longer have to fill out the Nova Scotia safe check-in form because the federal government has increased monitoring their compliance with the Quarantine Act. The isolation requirements for the unvaccinated domestic travelers change from 14 days to a minimum of seven days to stop isolating after seven days. They will need two negative tests, the same as travelers who have one dose of vaccine. People who are identified as close contacts of COVID-19 cases and have two doses of Pfizer, Moderna, or AstraZeneca vaccines, or a combination of the two, are considered optimally protected and do not have to self-isolate unless otherwise directed by public health. People who have had the one-dose Janssen vaccine or one or two doses of any other WHO-approved vaccine can become optimally protected if they get an additional dose of Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. An additional dose will be made available to anyone who meets any of these criteria and can be booked online or by phone. The full provincial reopening plan can be found at novascotia.ca slash reopening hyphen plan. These are just some of the changes to public health restrictions that may affect businesses, workers, and visitors in downtown Halifax. For more information and a full list of restrictions, visit the Nova Scotia Health Authority website at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. And now for BizBuzz. 
And once again, it's time for BizBuzz. Ivy is here with me today for BizBuzz. Hi, Ivy. Thanks for joining me. Hey, no problem. On this episode of BizBuzz, we have some business updates to share. I'll talk about some upcoming events happening in downtown Halifax within the next two weeks, including the Art of City Building Conference. And I'll also tell you about the new merchant validation program with Hotspot. So let's start with business updates and milestones. Rich Wax Bar and Chrissy's Lash Studio will be opening soon at 1668 Barrington Street inside Unleashed Studio. Rich Wax Bar offers high-quality waxing salon services, and Chrissy's Lash Studio offers beauty, cosmetic, and personal care services with a focus on eyelashes. You can learn more about both businesses by following Rich Wax Bar and Chrissy's Lash Studio on Instagram. Their handles are at Rich Wax, and Wax has two X's, and at Chrissy's Lash Studio, and Chrissy is K-R-I-S-S-Y. And if you're a business or organization in downtown Halifax that has some updates or milestones that you'd like to share with our listeners, please email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. Next up, let's talk about some upcoming events in downtown Halifax. If you're into live music, then downtown Halifax is the place to be. Kyo Ramen and Bar, Hopscotch Dinner Club, the Mercantile Social, the Pacifico, the Carlton, Stone's Throw Patio, the Split Crow, Barely's House of Blues, and the Old Triangle are just a few of the places that offer regular live music in the downtown area. You can see these listings and more on our online events calendar, downtownhalifax.ca slash events, or you can visit the individual websites of each establishment for more information. The Mosaic Festival is coming up this Saturday, September 18th. The Mosaic Festival celebrates diversity and culture in Halifax through music and performances. It will be taking place in the Halifax waterfront this year on the Salt Yard stage. For more information, visit mosaicfestival.ca. And I mentioned this on the last episode, but I think it's worth repeating, but the Halifax Convention Center is hosting a walk through Africville, a traveling exhibit created by the Africville Museum. It gives visitors the opportunity to learn what it might have been like to walk down a street in Africville. The exhibit is open 12 to 6 p.m., Tuesdays to Saturdays, and will be on display until December. The exhibit is free of charge, but donations are being accepted to the Africville Heritage Trust. And Ivy, you went to see this, didn't you? I did, yes. I went through the exhibit, and it was really informative and interesting. Uh, Angel Gannon uh, was actually there. She's the one that curated the exhibit. Mm -hmm. And she gave me a quick tour through uh, just to give me the highlights of the exhibit. And then she gave me some time to go through it on my own mm-hmm. time, yep. my own pace. And it was really great. It was uh, like different, um, almost like scenes that you can look through uh, so that you can see what it would be like uh, right. to go to uh, their grocery store that was mm-hmm. in Africville or their clinic um, and all that. So it was really interesting. And it didn't take that long, really. Yep. Like if you just have a few minutes on your lunch hour, uh, just go. It would take maybe 15 to 20 minutes depending on how long you want to linger through you know each exhibit but yeah uh, yeah it was really great and worthwhile great I can't wait to go I'm going to try to go this weekend and moving on the Grand Oasis stage and the Grand Parade continues to showcase free live music from Thursdays to Sundays and they've ramped up their fall schedule to include some pretty big local acts this Friday, September 17th, at 6 p.m., you can catch the Music Nova Scotia Artisan Residency Showdown, where five bands are competing for a $20,000 cash and prize, which sounds awesome. The bands include Lavender, Pillow Fight, King Woos, The Bombadils, and Kids Losing Sleep. The last two both played at Tunes at Noon this past year. And that, again, that sounds like an amazing show. And on Saturday, September 18th, they have Scratch Bastard, who is also very much fun to see live. 
and from September 23rd to 26th, the Hopscotch Festival will be taking over the stage. For more information on the free shows in the Grand Parade, you can visit halifax.ca or visit our online calendar, downtownhalifax.ca slash events. On Saturday, September 25th, the Supernova Market will be back in Rogers Square. This outdoor craft show is one of Halifax's flagship events for supporting crafters and makers. The market takes place from 1 to 6 p.m. You can learn more by visiting sparklesandsawdust.com markets or by following at sparklesandsawdustmarkets on Instagram. Neptune Theatre is also back with live shows. Their first show, called Fully Committed, started on September 14th and ends October 10th. They also have a holiday show coming up this year called Alex in Pantoland, based on Alex in Wonderland. You can learn more about their fall schedule and book tickets at neptunetheater.com. And finally, let's talk about the Art of City Building Conference. The Art of City Building Conference started a few years ago as a way to engage in conversations about challenges that affect our cities. They are partnering with the Canadian Urban Institute and a host of other local organizations. This year's conference is taking place on Monday, September 26, and it will be a hybrid of both in-person and virtual sessions. This conference is free and open to everyone who would like to attend and participate in these conversations about how we can grow and make our cities better. For more information and to register, visit artofcitybuilding.ca, and you can keep up to date with what is happening during the conference by following at AOCB2021 on Instagram. So that was just a quick rundown of some events happening in downtown Halifax over the next few weeks. We have these events and more on our online calendar, downtownhalifax.ca slash events. And last but not least, let's talk about parking in downtown Halifax. I know I keep harping on this, but there are actually thousands of parking spaces in downtown Halifax. Yes, you heard me correctly. There are thousands of places to park in the downtown area from on-street parking to lots and garages. To help you make a parking plan before you come downtown, we have compiled a list of all the parking lots and garages around the downtown area on our website at downtownhalifax.ca slash parksmart. Parksmart contains everything you need to make your parking plan, including locations of garages and lots, rates for parking, and more. Again, you can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash parksmart for more information. We also recommend downloading the Hotspot parking app on your mobile device. Hotspot helps users pay for and manage their parking sessions on their phones and can be used for both on-street parking and at some of the lots along the waterfront. You can learn more about Hotspot at htsp.ca. And as I mentioned last time, we are excited to announce that we have partnered with the City and Hotspot on a new merchant validation program. This program is part of HRM's commitment to provide incentives around parking to help support business recovery in the downtown and Main Street areas of the city. As part of this, the city is covering hotspot subscription fees for business owners for the first year and is offering $1,000 or 300 plus hours of parking to each business that signs up for the merchant validation program to use to pay their customers on-street parking sessions. Know that this program will only work for customers who use the hotspot app to pay for their parking. This program is open to all downtown Halifax businesses that would like to participate. For more information, you can email me, alana at downtownhalifax.ca, and alana is spelled A-L-L-A-N-A. And before we sign off, Ivy, do you have any downtown adventures you want to share with our listeners? Yes, I do. Yeah, I have a couple of uh, downtown experiences. Um, well, first of all, this morning I went to my optometrist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. But it was fine. It was actually a good experience. Uh, Insight Optometry yes. and, yeah, in Cambridge great. Suites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my doctor is there, and I got I ordered new contact lenses. Nice. Exciting, because my eyeballs are very old, yeah. and I need special care. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, but also my son went for his uh, annual checkup oh, uh, nice. last week, yeah. and Dr. Rachel Noah was, mm-hmm. is his doctor, and uh, we actually interviewed her a while right. ago. We yeah, did. During, yeah, during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. during our first lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's great with kids. So mm-hmm. if you have a kid and, you know, they need annual checkups of their, for their eyes, mm-hmm. you know, you can always seek out Rachel Noah at Insight Optometry. Um, also, I went to DeSaris. I almost forgot about that. I went to DeSaris right next door to our office um, and got a couple of things for my son's uh, back-to-school um, nice. supplies, yeah. you know, yeah. school supplies, and got him, a, like, a, a pencil case. And so that's a great place to find. Yeah, those, it is. Yeah, yeah. find various things. so many different types of art supplies. They and do. Kits and everything. Especially for the youngins when they need, like, 24 pencil crayons and 24 markers and yeah, 24 everything. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to DeSaris and find those things. There. And tonight, I'm actually going to a Halifax Fringe Festival uh, play at nice. Neptune Studio, no, the Scotiabank Studio at Neptune Theatre. And it's a, a play reading uh, by Tara Thorne, uh, so it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, by, the time, by the time this episode comes out, the Fringe Festival will be over, but it's just lo- great to see live theatre again. Exactly. I know. And the Fringe Festival is an annual event that that happens, mm-hmm. uh, and we just love that because it's it's great for the, the mm-hmm. theater, local theater community. Yeah, which has so, been really hard hit. Absolutely, yeah. and they have venues uh, in various mm-hmm. places downtown. So, if you're looking for live theater, um, look at Neptune Theater. They're yeah, just, they have their new uh, season coming up, and and then next year, or, I know, and then next year, Halifax Fringe Festival. Yeah, I'm really excited about Neptune Theater's Christmas shows. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to get tickets to both their Dickens, The Christmas Carol, and the Alice in Pantoland. Yeah, that's a great family outing. Yeah, they're really fun to be yeah. Um, yeah, so I've really noticed that September has started that the streets are getting busier, mm-hmm. uh, the cafes are getting busier, um, which is great. Uh, the Metro Park is filling up. That's where I park every day, and it's filling up. I now have to go up to, you know, the sixth floor to park. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, like, the third or fourth. Um, so it's really great to see more people coming out. Um, so just before uh, school started, actually, I took my daughter and her friend out on a little downtown Halifax outing. We went to – we started off um, at Fleet Lunchbox. Uh, which is a kid favorite, and I've talked with them before, but they're just so fun to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got our little bags of candy, and they're really great there. They You now use gloves to scoop out your candy, and they're really careful about how many people are yeah. in the store. And yeah, my husband took uh, our son uh, yeah. there just a couple of days ago. Yeah. I didn't go in. That's why I didn't really talk about it, because yeah. it's like, you guys go. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a good time. Yeah. Got candy, of The course. only problem is you have to watch them, because, like, my older daughter, I was like, don't take too much, and she filled her bag, and then you uh, can't put it back, Oh, right? what <laughs> a scam. <laughs> Of candy, yeah. So, anyways, we had we told her she had to share it too. Oh, she did that on purpose. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> and then we walked all the way down Barrington Street, and you know the girls love getting their pictures taken. At Captured Escape have that little uh, picture it's thing you put your head. Thing? Yeah, they, yeah, you put your head in the yeah. cutter. It's the pirates. We always take a picture there, and we just you know it was a beautiful day, so we just took pictures of some of the patios and things like that, walking down the street. Nice. And then we went to Peace and Friendship Park. They have such a great playground there. It's such a nice um, community place to gather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went to the tent spot and had, they have kitty petties. I know I've talked, I've talked about that before, but they're about $30, uh, $25 or $30 for a kitty petty. Cool. And um, it's just sort of a fun thing to do. Yeah, I, I give Leo yeah. his kitty petty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I don't like a bit know of an indulgence or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit of an indulgence, but it was sort of, it was sort of like a birthday present. So yeah. It's, it's not something nice, you do all the time, but it's, it's nice fun treat. to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and that's it this week for BizBuzz. Thanks for joining me, Ivy. Anytime.
This concludes episode 56 of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on September 9th, 2021. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it informative, please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown. And don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thank you.